lights, camera, action. Yes, you probably guessed it right. Have you given a thought about the experiences of an actor, the aesthetic sense, performing in front of a crowd, the way they handle comic and emotional intense scenes, the future of theatre and so on? Don't worry, the Tranquility Show has got you covered. Welcome to another episode of the Tranquility Show with Meera Sitaraman ma'am, who has been a theatre practitioner for 12 years and a drama educator for 8 years. She works as an actor, designer, playwright and a director with Theatre Nisha. I can't wait for the conversation to start. Enjoy listening. Hello ma'am. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Hope you're doing good ma'am. Doing as well as one can I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Okay ma'am. So I'm very interested in talking about this topic. So let's dive into the first question really fast. So yeah. as you're into theater and performing arts and you're passionate about it, how has the art grown till now in India, ma'am? See, uh, if you look at performing arts, it's human civilization. I mean, your earliest storytelling would have been um, as old as you all sitting around a fire having hunted your food and gum. And the people who didn't go for the hunt would have asked how they hunted and they would have performed and shown how they would have done it so it's as old as that if you look at performing arts I mean if you had to trace it to any point of time in history it will probably be around that time and of course since then it gave birth to a lot of other forms also for example back then is how your cave paintings also came about where um, when you are around the fire and you're showing everyone what you would have done to hunt say this mammoth or this tiger or I don't know all the animals that existed then there were, there were people who were painting it on caves or on rock walls, which is why you see um, distorted figures. You see um, sometimes the man is small and uh, the animal is big. Sometimes the animal is small, the man is big. It's very distorted because you would have drawn it the way the shadows were presenting themselves on these rocks. And that would have been like your first cave art. So uh, if you look at arts and performing arts, it's it's that old. And from there... Everyone has moved on to create whatever they see now as their form of art. Greek theatre was there, traditional Indian theatre was there, the Nati Shastra was there. So it has grown over the years. But what is inherent to everything is that it's human endeavour. And that is something that you participate in as a communion, irrespective of what craft you um, are, say, practising. Whether it's music, whether it's dance, whether it's drama... You have folk theater, folk art forms. Everything is a communion at the end of the day. You participate in something that has been created. Wow, that's beautiful, ma'am. So it's saying that it started, it began since the time of human evolution. Yeah, it's been a part of it. I mean, that's how humans have evolved as well. It is through telling stories and we've never stopped telling them and we will never stop telling them in the future either. Definitely, ma'am. So, uh, I just want to ask you a personal question. Like, how do you get into a character? Is there any process for you? Like, do you undertake any process to get into a character? Um, So, I mean, I would like to rephrase that. The thing is, you never can get into a character because it's not like um, a character is uh, uh, something that I can step in, step out. It's not like that. The idea is that when you tell a story and... uh, you're given a character, say I'm performing the role of somebody, 
um then how we approach it is we usually divide it into two parts one is the external which is is there a particular costume that i need to wear is there uh, some kind of makeup that i need to have on um is there a body adjustment that i need to make for example is my character blind or is my character somebody who's paralyzed on one side everything is very um physical in the sense that it's something that's tangible and something you can achieve the other is what am i doing in this scene am i somebody who's pursuing uh, a loved one to come back home after a fight am i someone who's uh, encouraging a group of people to go and protest at a particular site am i someone who is trying to fight for the rights of uh, uh, my family who've been say evicted from a home so the idea is what is it that i want in that scene so i pursue that and when i do all this together the character is created in your mind i don't become anybody i am still meera staging a play performing as whatever but okay. when you look at it you put all the elements that i'm putting on a tray for you you put it mm. together and you're like oh yeah this is this person this is this person uh so ideally my process for performing would be one learn your lines two understand what it is that you want in this scene three externally do i need to wear anything and get comfortable with a body adjustment or a physical state am i drunk in this scene so if i'm drunk i don't have to go drink alcohol and come uh, or be around people it's just observation what are the basic things that happen to you you might not walk as straight as uh, anyone else you might actually be focusing on trying to walk straight there might be a slurred speech that's all mm. you do that and people will understand that you're drunk so <laughs> that's great so after hearing all about this mom so what was the most challenging character that you have played so far a uh, most challenging uh mom you can go on mom um the play is an absurd drama like many people have tried to make sense of it and uh, ma'am excuse me sorry for interrupting i think yeah. there was a technical issue in between so could you repeat it from first yeah sure so yeah. what i was saying was if i had to specifically look at a character and say you know what this was difficult for me or this was um, tough or interesting would be the character of estragon from waiting for godo which is okay. a play written by samuel beckett and it's one of the most famous plays of uh, um modern playwriting era and it's like uh, it's like a mecca of sorts in the sense that everybody would want to stage that play at some point of time in their life um and we were fortunate enough to do that and i played the role of um estragon so that was very interesting for me because we had so there are these the play has basically only four characters and of those four characters uh, there are two men who are constantly on stage waiting for this person to come who never appears which is why it's called waiting for godo um so it was interesting to play a man uh in this absurd drama uh and for us uh, the inspiration given to us to play these characters was like a vaudeville act like your um, thomas and hardy um see mm-hmm. laurel and hardy not thomas hardy laurel <sighs> and uh, it was very interesting because um 
uh, with each rehearsal you were trying to do something different and uh, by the end of it we enjoyed playing that role so much we were like oh can we do this again um because while rehearsing we were like oh we are not getting it i don't know if i'm doing something right something wrong something's not working because um the scenes by themselves are uh, are are crazy in the sense that they will sound the same it will all start with uh where were you where are you going we are waiting for this person to come let's go but we can't leave so sometimes even we'll have trouble learning lines because we'll be like oh but this comes there but it sounds the same here um so that mm. i think that particular play and working on that play together was um, an amazing experience that's great uh so after all this do you try to add the morals gain from playing the characters for example uh, you played a character from waiting for godo so mm-hmm. after coming home do you think like okay this person has some kind of moral compass inside his mind so i it'll be nice if i could apply it to my real life did you ever try doing that to your real life no that doesn't happen because uh, i think uh, uh morals are something that you learn through uh, your living of life uh, i don't know how um learning about a play i mean it makes you sensitive because there are so many characters that you read about and all i think uh, sensitivity and a sense of awareness increases but do i incorporate what hamlet would have done into my real life no that doesn't happen <laughs> Yeah. or uh, in that case like any emotional characters a woman who is really strong have you tried to imbibe those characters huh I, uh, at least some aspects of it i don't think it happens that way because at the end of the day what you're creating as a character on stage is also a lot mm. from your own experience in the sense that um if you have to convince somebody you're convincing them and all so i think it's just um uh performing the character to the honesty that happens on stage but none of that uh, is something that you carry home and start mulling over because it's a craft it's um, it's like you wipe your feet uh, mm. on a carpet and get on stage and as you're walking off stage you wipe your feet and come up that's all um, <sighs> because you don't uh, be like uh, it's like if i've played the role of uh, rani lakshmi bai um and i performed this play uh, called gallantly for the queen which is written by um, our director and mentor uh, v balakrishnan now i don't come home and think about oh this is a woman who took arms against the british and all but i'm not sitting and thinking if somebody comes to my house tomorrow then i will also have a sword <laughs> fight with them no i mean it doesn't happen that way um but i think what reading stories and uh, um engaging with storytelling does is it definitely makes you aware it definitely makes you more sensitive it definitely makes you um i think at the end of the day brave by itself the very act of going on stage and telling a story is it's a uh, is being brave as well so i think those things just get enhanced or uh, uh, become a part of your life but uh, morals of a character don't exist <laughs> they are just stories <laughs> awesome uh so what were you most inspiring close to heart characters ma'am and i want the reason why you have those as favorites um inspiring and favorite characters played by me or by anyone uh by you and generally mm. by me i love playing rani lakshmi bai in gallantly for the queen because i think it's just 
um it's such a gush of adrenaline to be here on stage um in the sense of you know having a sword fight and like um movement and the whole idea that there's this person um uh, fighting against the british for her uh, rights um that's a particular character that i love playing and it's very close to my heart also because it's a solo performance so i don't have anybody else on stage with me <laughs> um so it's very interesting so that is a character that i love um um and uh, enjoy playing on stage um okay. the other would be actually there's a children's play called buy one get one free um which is inspired by hans christian andersen's emperor's new clothes and uh, bharatendu's uh, andher nagri chopad raja so it's a it's like an adaptation of those two stories put together it's for children mm-hmm. um and in that i play uh, a sister uh and it's uh, a character that i absolutely love playing because it's just so enjoyable to be that sister on stage um because there's a lot of comedy a lot of action a lot of like very quick responses which are which are quirky and children love it and sometimes it's just lovely to hear them laugh and have a good time um so that's uh, a particular role that's really close to my heart and given a choice like if today you were to ask me would you like to do that play again i would say yes uh, <laughs> that's how i much um that's how much i love that role nice so to hear all this yes uh so considering all this how do you perform an emotionally intense scene uh, like what goes on in your mind ma'am like do you uh rehearse it before like proper rehearsal or do you just go on stage and be on spot like how does it work okay nothing happens on spot on stage unless it's an error that we are trying to fix um that's why rehearsals are there so you rehearse every scene multiple times and then you just go and perform um mm-hmm. of course um on show day if something happens some response changes or I mean each show is different because at the end of the day we are all humans and not robots who can perform the same way um but with uh, any scene I'm, I won't specifically say that emotional scenes are any different from uh, comedy scenes or something because at the end of the day as an actor all you need to do in every scene is figure out what you want uh what that is what the character wants and then pursue it whether it is a solo performance so you're you're pursuing the audience um if it is a, in a scene with a person then what are you doing to the other person it's very tangible um because you break it up into something like that even in real life we actually do that all the time unaware of it like we know if we want the teacher to give us marks we know what to do um we won't sit and mull over it too much we just know we'll go there and either um tell them that we'll be better next time you will beg them for marks or you threaten <laughs> them for marks you could i mean it's it's all very organic when it comes to real life it's about how you make that organic uh, attempt and endeavor on stage for every story that you perform so mm. i will say that it's not like emotional scenes tend to have extra burden or anything absolutely not because if they start having a burden that means you're not doing your job properly um because you can't get um emotionally affected by anything that you do on stage because at the end of the day it's a craft and a profession that you are a part of um and it's not like if i perform a particular role of a person who's lost their child then i'm going to come home and mull over it and cry even more no that doesn't that's that's harmful for you as a person also to be able to uh, do something like that um 
so again even with emotional scenes um all you need to do is understand what it is that you want what you are doing in that scene and go perform it um some days it might end up with you crying some days you might not cry some day but at the end of the day it is still an honest attempt to do what you want um but at no point does it uh, emotionally kill you or uh, affect you so drastically that you lose track of what it is that you are doing that doesn't happen i mean to be honest there'll be emotional scenes where I, on some days you'll still be thinking about what am i going to have for dinner after the show even something <laughs> as uh, as regular as that can be running in your head while you're on stage it can be the fact that as you're doing performing an emotional scene your awareness is high enough to understand that the person in the first row might be sleeping or the person <laughs> on the third row might still be texting somebody uh that somebody has just gone to the bathroom because you're it's heightened awareness also on stage right because you're so aware of everything that's happening on stage off stage um so i so that's what it is i mean at the end of the day you're still focused and attentive enough to know that you're in the play and not digress and start thinking about everything else um, but it's natural for that to happen so even in an emotional scene where you're like oh my god somebody is going to kill me or uh, somebody has passed away and you're still performing you will still look at the other person and be like a some flash of a rehearsal might pass through your head where you might have ended up laughing during that <laughs> rehearsal as well so many things because it's a human mind you can't you can't control it to the extent that you're like oh don't think about this you say that and you'll start thinking about it more uh, <laughs> got it now yeah. yeah so uh, talking about this waving nature of human mind have you done any blunders on stage and how have you covered covered it properly or have you just left them in front of the audience so that they might discover it at some point of time it depends on the blunder of course we've all done blunders there is no person on earth who can say that they have never committed a blunder on stage <laughs> i mean it's impossible we do it all the time um it can be as simple as missing a line and skipping some dialogues uh it can be uh saying the line wrong uh <laughs> reversing words um it can be i mean we've had people making wrong entries uh, oh on God. stage so a lot of things happen there are people who forgotten to enter on stage when they had to as well uh, but at the end of the day when your play is rehearsed well enough and you still know what the story is and how it needs to go forward your presence of mind tends to take over and you still are able to keep things together um but it can be very interesting about how these blunders happen also like i remember a story of uh, uh, a very um uh so um i think it's the actress who comes in charlie's angels um her father and grandfather were both actors um and stage actors and they were like really famous stage actors and they were both cast in a play together and okay. they had reached a point of time in their careers where they were just like you know what i want to be the one up so uh, they were each trying to do the better job in that particular play um <laughs> and there was a scene in which they are both in like a study and the phone rings and uh, so this person's um uh, so the son picks up the phone and there is like a 3 and a half minute monologue that that person has and it's a very intense scene and one of the shows when the critique was coming 
um they were all told that you know what the critiques are here and you know it's a we need to put up a good show and when that scene arrived the phone rang the son picked up the phone he forgot his three and a half minute monologue and just <sighs> gave it to the gra- uh, father and said oh by the way this is for you and that father was just like hello uh, no you're supposed to have a three and a half minute monologue but obviously you can't do anything at that point of time if you forgot and you forgot it and <sighs> you still carry on and apparently in the next day's paper the critic had written that moment when that phone rang and it was given was probably the best moment of the play and you're thinking <sighs> wow that was the blunder of the play um but yeah. these things happen we all end up uh, doing a lot of things on stage uh, sometimes they go unnoticed sometimes they are noticed but the audience is very forgiving because they know um that live people are on stage and performing and even in real life we make so many mistakes so you can't suddenly be like oh i made a mistake let me go back two pages and start all over again that doesn't <laughs> happen so still carry forward uh yeah, and yes the audience is always forgiving they will never hold a grudge against you for having said a line wrong or missed a couple of lines or some nothing they're very very nice <laughs> beautiful that was a great cover up of the guy who picked up the phone and gave it yeah, to the father yeah i know right <laughs> presence of an amazing though it's for you and we were oh, yeah wow. <laughs> they just didn't try to label it as good and bad they just Absolutely. like yeah yeah it's nothing i mean these things happen you just have to be prepared for it yes ma'am so uh, after all this ma'am like there is a lot of this ott platforms that's coming up like because of this lockdown so many people are invariably switching into watching movies online yes. and what is the scope of theater as a career like some people i've heard uh, they mistake it saying that there's no scope for it because there there are movies coming up there are short mo- short films on netflix and all that so how do you look at this ma'am um see like i said storytelling is as old as we being hunters and coming and telling the story of how we hunted if theater has not died since then it never will it will survive in on its own um irrespective of what ott platform comes what short films come what movies come there were people who said oh now tv has come so this will get killed ott has come movies will get killed that's an ongoing debate that has been there for a very long time uh, but i don't think uh, theater has to worry about ever dying definitely it won't die it yeah, will like evolve, i change but it won't die i can just compare this to like how uh, there are food delivering platforms like swiggy and zomato but it doesn't mean that people are not making home food at home <laughs> like yeah. it's definitely going to happen right yeah yeah so i don't think otts are a threat to theater <laughs> <laughs> so on that note ma'am like do you uh, can you have like give us some top 3 play recommendations uh, three from theater nisha and three on a general basis um i mean theater uh, if you have to read plays um i mean shakespeare's plays are amazing uh, whether it's midsummer night's dream romeo and juliet i mean half of what you watch on your otts Uh, mm. is derived from shakespearean conflicts uh, whether it's romeo and juliet with uh, jilted love which is practically <laughs> there in everything that you watch um so a lot of things uh, uh, are derived from that so shakespeare is definitely a person that 
anyone and everyone can read and enjoy and as much as people say that oh my god that language is so difficult shakespeare wrote for the masses so if right now you're watching a mass film think of it as a mass play of that time it's just that because we are not used to that language we think it's uh, it's difficult but when you actually break it down and read it loudly to yourself you'll realize what is happening and it's full of masala i mean nobody could have written as much masala as shakespeare has um <laughs> so him definitely another one of my uh, favorite plays is yayati by girish karnat it was mm-hmm. girish karnat's first play uh, but i think of all the plays that he's written that somehow sticks as a favorite to me uh, because it's very beautifully written um waiting for godo definitely by samuel beckett very interesting play to read um then there's carol churchill's far away uh, the thing is plays are like storybooks in the sense that they are of different genres so it's very difficult to pick out one and say you know these are my top 3 i can like go on and on about the plays that i love reading uh, and keep telling people to read um, so i think it's about once you start reading you'll realize what you like and you'll mm-hmm. start reading more <laughs> okay well uh, so like does a theater actor naturally develop collaborative skills with others like while communicating and performing their lines and uh, also i've noticed that they have a natural sense of taking care of their physical health without any pressure like so many people my friends also they they say that okay i'm starting from monday morning but that monday never comes we have heard so many instances like that but being an actor do you like look at physical health as something that's really vital and collaborative skills also um collaborative skills uh i think it's just part of the job like as an actor you will end up uh communicating with a costume designer that something might not be fitting properly and that needs to be changed um you might be telling your uh, the person who is setting music for your score that listen i can't sing that high so maybe we should take a lower pitch can you help me out i mean these things are just part of your profession so they happen very naturally uh just like any other profession where you will end up having uh, conversations and collaborations with people who are going to help you take your craft forward um in terms of uh, uh the other part of your question um it's uh see all actors also go through a slump i can't say that everybody forever is trying to do burpees and pushups and uh, build muscle it's definitely not that um but the idea is that because as a craft and, and it being our profession the two most basic things for us are voice and body we have to keep our voice optimum enough to be heard by everyone it's very simple it's not about you going through some um vocal modulation classes nothing of that sort you just need to be loud and clear and for that if you need to take care of your throat and not have uh, ma- too many ice creams just before the show then that's yes that's a very <laughs> basic precaution that you're going to be taking and in terms of body uh it's about being healthy enough to move on stage with ease it's not about size 0 it's definitely not about doing uh 800 push-ups or uh, running marathons no it's not that it's as basic as keeping yourself active enough um to do this now of course if a particular play requires you to learn a particular uh, martial art form or it requires you to learn a choreography that 
demands higher core strength or uh, flexibility or strength in general then of course you're going to be including uh, stuff in your exercise routine that's going to build you enough to be strong enough to do that in a scene uh mm. for example we performed a play um, trojan women where in the beginning of the scene there is one actor who we carry on like our shoulders and um through the entire monologue that she's saying um so obviously if i'm not fit enough to do that then my actor is going to fall down and hurt herself mm. we are also going to be ending up pulling muscles and having sprains and strains everywhere so of course you need to be fit enough to be able to do something like that um so i think it depends on that but like i said not all plays require you to have um such strength and all it's about just being healthy and active enough to do that beautiful ma'am so finally like what is the most rewarding po- rewarding part of being an actor from your personal observation or experience i think the most rewarding is just performing on stage nothing <laughs> nothing gives you more joy than going on stage performing a show and then coming down it as simple as that <laughs> it yeah it's as simple because that's what liberates you so much uh and that's why we want to keep going on stage um i think that's the most rewarding thing as an actor just be on stage perform and come down i think nothing can beat that <laughs> that was great talking to you ma'am thank you for being on the tranquility show it was an amalgamation of all the interesting things that i would like to know about thank you so time. much thank you thank you ma'am lovely talking to you like this okay bye bye ma'am